I'm going to ask if you'd stand, if you would. You're probably wondering why I'm having you stand. Part of it is because you need to move around. You look a little tired. So get some blood going because we're going to talk, I think, about something I think is really, really important, you guys. Last week, uh, uh, it was really neat in in having an opportunity to um, see what George had talked about. And and we had been kind of planning this whole series on prayer. And he talked about that first part of conversation, that dialogue with God, where you talk to God, where you come humbly and honestly before God. This morning, I want to talk about the second part of that conversation. They're both really important. But I think so often in the church, in the Christian experience, we don't give enough time to really think about the second part, God speaking to us, listening for God. So I'm going to ask you to pray with me, just a simple prayer. If you would say it in your own heart, you can say it out loud if you want. Let's just bow our head before God and just say, Father, we are before you. We want to hear you. Speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thanks. You know, what do you, uh, what do you think of when someone says, God spoke to me? Or the Holy Spirit revealed this idea to me? What comes to mind when someone says, Jesus told me to talk to this person? Well, what if someone actually were to say to you, one night the Lord spoke to me in a vision? You kind of go, whoa. You know, a little bit nervous. One night the Lord spoke to me in a vision. Don't be afraid. Keep on speaking. Do not be silent. Luke says about Paul in Acts chapter 18, 9. This is the second vision he's had. Chapter 16, he had one. And what has happened in Paul's life, he's in Corinth. He has gone through Macedonia, started in Philippi, was beat up, thrown into prison, chased, it really ushered out of town because they were afraid of losing their Roman citizenship when they found out Paul was a Roman. And then he goes to Thessalonica. He goes to modern-day Salonica is what it's called in, in Greece. He goes there, and as he comes before them, he begins to share this message. He gets, again, they get beat up, chased out of town. And then he goes to a place called Berea. Things are going pretty well. They want to hear more. And then the people... People from Thessalonica who didn't like Paul came to Berea, chased him out, and now he's on the run. He's on his own. He goes to Athens. He goes there. He speaks this great philosophical message. If you want to read in Acts, and he gets done, only a few people are converted. He goes to Corinth, and in Corinth, I believe, as he's there, and he's beginning to prove to those Jews in the synagogue that Jesus was the Messiah who was promised, it says they began to speak abusively against him. And once again, this exhausted, afraid, apostle that we think is just, you know, I think he's in bed and he's, he's just going, God, I, I can't be just a punching bag. You ever felt that way? People just are beating up on you. And he's praying this and he's, and he's probably, I could just see him falling asleep saying, God, what do I do? Are you going to protect me? And it says one night the Lord spoke to me in a vision. Don't be afraid. Keep on speaking. Do not be silent. A little bit later it says, because I have many people in this city and Paul's heart because of this communication as he was dialoguing with his father that second half of the conversation he heard from the lord through a vision stay here i got your back do you struggle with the idea that god could actually speak to you the idea that dialoguing with god is something that he desires in fact when you think about it to be close to a person actually means you will have meaningful conversation with them. 
And when we read in God's word and he talks about being close to him, we find out that he calls us to honestly, in humility, come before him and to present our hearts before him and, and to speak to him and share our requests and all our thoughts and all our anxiety. And yet, we so often forget there's a second half of that whole conversation where he says, because I want to have you hear and understand and know me. I want you to take time to listen. That's what we're going to talk about. It's the second half of the conversation. You know, How do we hear God's voice? How can we be sure that it's not our subconscious? What role does the Bible play? What if God says something that we're not clear about? All those kind of questions come up when we talk about the second half of the conversation. Because hearing God and the reality that God speaks, I have to share with you, is essential to a vital and growing relationship with God. And I'm going to share that a little bit later when we talk about Israel. But this whole idea of walking in a walking and talking relationship with God is essential to the vital reality of your relationship with God. It, It takes out some of the routine of the whole thing when you begin to understand these truths. You know, in book eight of the Confessions, if you just go back um, in history, there's a man named St. Augustine, some call it, say St. Augustine. I, I like Augustine, it's easier to say. Anyway, who lived from A.D. 354 to 430. So think about it. 354, 430, he, he lives. And he tells about a time when he was very distraught, in a very distraught condition, and he writes, quote, he, he heard from a neighboring house a voice as a boy or girl, I know not, Chanting and oft repeating, take up and read, take up and read. Kept hearing, take up and read. And Augustine could remember no child's game like this. He was a brilliant guy and he's racking his mind. I don't know any game like that. And he continues to write. And here's what he writes in the confession. So checking the torrents of my tears, he begins to cry. He pours out his heart because what God is doing in his heart. He said, I arose interpreting it to be no other than a command from God to open the book. And I read the first chapter that I should find as he opened the book before him was Romans chapter 13, verses 13 and 14. And in that moment, as he read that and he heard that voice, take up and read, and he followed that command through hearing that voice, he came face to face with God and immediately he was transformed. And one of the greatest, most influential Christians in history began to know and grow and walk and talk with God. In, 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 16, in the 1640s, the man named George Fox, who was the founder of what's called Friends or the Quaker Movement, he was wandering, he says, in the fields and throughout the byways of the English countryside. And he was seeking someone who would just help him, show him, he says, the way to peace with God. He was struggling, just wanting to know this. And he finally became convinced, he said, that no one could. And Fox writes these words. There was none among them at all who could speak to my condition. And when all hope in them and in all men were gone, so hopeless, so that I had nothing outwardly, nothing outwardly to help me, nor could I tell what to do, then, oh, then, I heard a voice which said, There is one, even Jesus Christ, that can speak to thy condition. And when I heard it, he writes, my heart did leap for joy. And then the Lord did let me see why there was none upon the earth that could speak to my condition. He let me in on a little secret. He wanted me to know that he didn't want any other mediator. He wanted God alone to receive the glory so that he could share that story 
with many others. And out of that Friends and Quaker movement is this whole movement of, of people who, who hear and listen to God and recognize that God can speak to their heart. Eight years ago when I came to this church, one of my deep desires was that we would be a church that would understand this reality. That we are not just about going to services and following spiritual disciplines and reading the Bible and in and, and, and a social kind of community where we care for one another, but we are a church that can hear the voice of God. That you individually, I wanted people to know. One of the things when I wrote down things I wanted to see happen is I wanted people to know that they could hear God, that God would speak to them. You know, about that same time, about eight years ago, a funny thing happened at the same time when I'm writing down, I want people to hear the voice of God. My left ear, I started to lose hearing. It is so frustrating. I thought it was plugged and all this other stuff. I end up going through things and, 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 and they did tests to see whether there's something wrong with my head, which there is. You all know that. But I mean, um, there was no tumor or anything like that. But what had happened is the nerve had died and they explained why they, some of it could have happened and it's just partially alive and, and, and I live with this and it's really difficult because um, when I'm in restaurants at times, even though I have a hearing aid, in fact, back eight years ago, putting a hearing aid on, I just went, oh man, I'm not that old. You know, that kind of thing. Anybody? Some of you are my age who need them, okay? Yeah, I'm speaking truth right here. <laughs> but you know what? I go into a different place. I'll be in the lobby and it's really, it's hard because I can't hear. There's a part of me in certain situations and places, I just want to withdraw. I can be at a table where there's a lot of noise going on with a group of friends, and I can't hear sometimes what's going on. I just want to go into my own little world. And it helped me understand something. My grandmother, um, years ago, back when she was in her 30s, before I was born, she had actually lost both, uh, in both her ears, she had lost hearing. She was a very vibrant, very bright, very gregarious woman who, who was kind of a life of, of, of kind of the group. And when she lost her hearing, my parents had told me, my dad told me that she began to withdraw and she moved into her own little world. And then in the 50s or so, it became possible that people could actually get hearing aids. And she was one of the first, she got a hearing aid. And when she got hearing aids, she became her own self again. And she was actually entered into the world of other people because of just being able to hear the voices of others. I got to tell you something. If you do not hear the voice of God, if you do not live in a relationship where you are in a conversational place, I'm not saying God speaks to you every time you speak to him. I'm saying if you're not in a place where you can listen and you actually hear the voice of God, you are going to withdraw into your own little world. And I mean, you can go through and you can be an incredibly great servant. Servants can, can follow all the rules, but their heart doesn't necessarily have to be close to God or close to their master. You, you know that even if you study the, um, in the New Testament when Jesus talks about the, the younger son and the, the older son, the lost son. He's with the father. He's doing everything the father wants, but he doesn't actually, in this sense, his heart isn't close. And I have to share with you, when you are in a place where you don't hear the voice of God, it's very possible that you begin to withdraw into your own world. And so I just have to share with you, and you can think what you want around this, and I'm going to just give you one point to begin with. And I want to really force you to think hard. God has created you and me to be in an intimate friendship relationship with him. 
We end all of our thoughts sometimes around um, the work of God, around the work that he did in the cross. And it's incredible forgiveness that we receive forgiveness. And now we're right with God. That's all wonderful. If you've never heard that message before, here's a great truth for you. If you're living in sin and guilt and shame, you don't need to live there anymore. You don't need to live apart from God. He, he, um, Jesus took your sin and he forgave you of that so that you could have a relationship with him. But most people stop there. Most people don't realize the reason he did that is that he could actually have a living, alive, vibrant relationship with you. And when we talk about prayer, we make it such a hard thing. Prayer, in one sense, is walking with this God who, because of what Jesus did, puts his spirit in your heart so that through the day, you can be in conversation with him. That's what Paul says when he says, be in prayer constantly. But there's also this sense that we're going to talk about prayers also when you get one-on-one and you, you know, it's like you go to Caribou or you meet someone at Starbucks and you're kind of sitting across and there has to be times where you are one-on-one in a conversational prayer relationship with God. Because hearing from him is important. Friendship involves communication. God desires a friendship. I, I want you to look at it this way. He desires to walk and talk with you. And I don't think we really understand that, but all of Scripture tells us that. In fact, Jesus, at one point in John chapter 10, he takes um, a a moment and he shares, and and this is just one passage of Scripture, and he's talking about the sheep, and he's, he's talking about the shepherd who comes for them. And he says, the shepherd walks ahead of them. That's what a good shepherd does, and they follow him. Why? For they recognize his voice. They hear his voice and they recognize it. They won't follow a stranger but will run from him, for they don't recognize his voice. So there's something about this fact that we can actually understand and recognize the voice of God. And I think there's sometimes some underlying assumptions that we have that keep us from from moving into it. I I think sometimes what happens in people, they kind of go, yeah, this whole idea of hearing God, only crazy people hear God, right? Lily Tomlin, a comedian, once said, why is it that when we speak to God, we are said to be praying, but when God speaks to us, we're said to be schizophrenic? All right? It's not only that, uh, not only kind of crazy people do that, but if you begin to start thinking God can speak to you, you'll do crazy things. Because, you know, you've, had, you've been around enough people that go, they, they, they do some really crazy things. And people do. And we assume possibly that God doesn't care about us. That's another reason I think there's people, you know, I'm just not that important. And yet, you're important enough that this God, the Father, would send his son to die on a cross that you might have life so that you can have a relationship with him. And because he speaks to you, doesn't make you important. He spoke to the nation of Israel and he said, I only do that because the reason I speak to you is that you might enter into a relationship with me and then follow me and do the things that I'm doing and, and create the kind of things I want you to do so that people will see how important he is and his work is. Some of you might be thinking the fact that, um, you know what, this is a good thing, Pastor, and I came to Christ, and I, I, at one point I made a decision, and I know that I've got the fire insurance, so when I die, when I'm not going to go to hell. And, 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 and you, you kind of live that way, and you go, I've got the Bible, that's all I need. And, and I have to share with you, yes, the Bible, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, is incredibly important. Uh, never in any way do we downplay the, the Word of God. But... We are a church that believes there's a spirit and the word of God, and God does speak to, our, to us. You go, through the, you go through the Old Testament, and you'll find there was an oral tradition, but when you see a lot of the recordings of Scripture when he's speaking to people, God doesn't necessarily quote a Scripture. He actually says, look, 
at the sky, Abraham, and see the stars. So look at the sand. And if you go through it, you'll see often he will speak in accordance with his word, but he will speak to a person's heart. So I just want to challenge you to think about this whole idea of what you might assume. So why would God directly speak to our heart? From the beginning of the Bible, throughout Scripture, God desires to develop an intimate friendship with you. And in a friendship, think about it this way. Friends are usually uh, around things of like-mindedness. So you usually have some friends, and one of the reasons you become friends is because maybe you like, to, you, you like to play the guitar together, or you do music together, or maybe you have some friends because you have sports that you like together, or you have friends because you like to cook together. I don't know what it is, but you have friendships around some mutual things. But he calls us into a friendship, but he also calls us into a partnership. Part of the friendship we have with God is in partnership. We come alongside and say, God, I love the story of my own life, but how do I enter into your story? I want to be a partner with what you're doing here. And if you're going to become a partner with anybody and not just a friend, you become a partner, you're going to need that partner to speak into your life to be a part of the story that he is creating. And so you do need the voice of God. And if you just think of prayer that way, it involves God speaking to you as a friend and a partner. He doesn't just give you the Bible. And the Bible is a blueprint, a very important blueprint that consistently speaks in consistency with. But he also speaks your heart. Go through the beginning of the Bible, Adam and Eve. Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. It says, Adam and Eve hear the sound of the Lord God as he's walking in the garden. It's this idea that when Adam and Eve were created, they would take walks with God from time to time. I'm sure at times it might have been silent, they were looking at things, but I'm sure they talked and conversed together. You go on and you read, continue in the Bible. You maybe haven't understood this, but there's a withness of God that is a kind of a walking, talking relationship. So in Genesis chapter 5, verse 21 through 24, it, we, we read this. At 65 years of age, Enoch became a father. And when we read after he became a father, it says Enoch walked with God 300 years. And that is, he doesn't say he walked with him for 365 years. Enoch walked with God for 300 years and then had other sons and daughters. And altogether, Enoch lived 365 years. Enoch walked with God and then was no more because God took him away. And what I think is really interesting about that is it was at the time of the birth of his first son. Now, some of you are going, you know, some people go, when you have that first child, it just, you go, man, I need to get things right with God. I'm a parent. I had a guy in one of my groups who called me a couple years ago, comes from an atheistic background. He had known my, me from, um, from the high school that my daughters attended, and, and he, he called me and said, you know, I, you're one guy I think maybe knows something about God, and I'm, I'm having my first child, and help. Now, some of you are kind of going, well, yeah, first child didn't really phase you because you had these compliant kids. But what if you had this kid who's just, a, and you're going, God, oh, please help me. That's the picture I get of Enoch. He's, he's 65 years of age. He's at this point, he has his first kid, and he's, oh, God, how do we handle this? And he walks with him for 300 years. The New Testament, and the old New Testament is interesting. In Hebrews, it comments about Enoch, and it says that um, he did not experience death, but he was actually translated by God from heaven, from, from earth to heaven. And I, I get this picture of God walking with Enoch. They're talking. They do this day in and day out, you know, 300 years. They're having these great talks together. And finally, after 300 years, he's going, you know, Enoch, this is such a good conversation. How about you just come home with me and we'll carry this conversation on on the other side? Because that's the intimate friendship they have. If you continue to read on, you read Noah. Chapter 5, verse 9. Noah was a righteous man and he walked with God. Noah was his friend. So at a certain point, God's walking with him. God walks into Noah and he says to him, he says, Noah, you know what? Uh, this place is a mess. Noah, you're telling me. And he says, Noah, I think I'm going to clean it up. 
oh, okay, I, I'm going to kind of clean it with a flood. Oh, really? He goes, yeah, I wanted you to build a boat. This is kind of interesting relationship because you're a partner with him, you're a friend with him. Abraham, we read in Isaiah 41, verse 8, but you, O Israel, my servant Jacob, whom I love, whom I have chosen, listen to this, you descendants of Abraham, my friend. Abraham was a friend who partnered with God that started the nations that allowed for God to work through the people of Israel to bring the Savior, to bring to us a relationship with him. Moses, Exodus 33, 11. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to a friend. Joshua, Samuel, David, Nehemiah, Ezra, the prophets, and on and on. You kind of go, well, that's really great because God is choosing a few people. Really, you know, that's just the way it is. Really, some important people that he, nuh-uh. Do you know that he wanted to speak to the whole people of Israel? God wanted that walking and talking relationship with everybody. If you read in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verses 4 and 5, God's intention was to have that kind of walking, talking relationship with the people of Israel. In Deuteronomy 4 and 5, is Moses' kind of re-commenting on the experience they had as they went through the wilderness, which you find in Exodus chapter 20. And if you read Exodus chapter 20, especially verses 18 through 24, but in that whole section, one of the things really interesting is, is they don't necessarily say sometimes the Lord God. Often they just talk about the voice. It's the voice. Capital V. I mean, it's a cool passage of Scripture. So, so here is Moses commenting in Deuteronomy chapter 5, 4 and 5 on that experience. He says, The Lord spoke to you face to face out of the fire on the mountain. And then he puts in parentheses, At that time I stood between the Lord and you to declare to you the word of the Lord because you were afraid of the fire and you didn't want to go up to the mountain. You didn't want to be that close. And so in Exodus, Moses adds this comment, if you go back to the actual story, that the people stayed at a distance and said to Moses, speak to us yourself and we'll listen. But do not have God speak to us or we'll die. And Moses said to the people, catch this, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. God has come in this way to show you his awesome power so that from now on you will be afraid to sin against him. Something really huge took place the day they said they didn't want to walk and talk with God. They said, no, Moses, you do that. You do that for us. And you might be here kind of going, yeah, yeah, pastor, you speak to me. I'll come on Sunday. You speak to me, and maybe God will speak to me. It's not how he wanted it. He doesn't want a few holy men to speak to people, holy women. He wants holy people. He wants you to hear him. And so what I think is interesting, he says, and this is really pretty interesting, he says, from now on, you'll be afraid. He wanted to have you in an intimate friendship and a partnership with him so you would be afraid to sin against him. Do you know this, that if you are growing in intimacy with someone, you're beginning to develop a friendship, and you're beginning to move into a partnership with them, and you begin to start to really understand them, you care about them, and you're, and you're, you're beginning to love them, there is something in you that as you get closer to that person you do not want to offend or hurt them in fact after a while if you're in a marriage situation a lot of times you go oh i just you know i offended them you just want things to get back to normal and then you grow up a little bit more and you go more important than things getting back to the way they were equilibrium i hurt her it's huge in my life when i began to realize someone i love deeply and i care about deeply and i still do it and i go man the biggest thing here isn't about getting relationship back with him is i hurt her i offended her you see, you understand why God wants to be close to you? You understand why he wants this friendship? He wants you to partner with him? It is because as you move into an intimate relationship, and I talk to you guys as kids, if you do this at a younger age, you begin to realize that God can speak to you. It changes your life. And is there something that happens that you go, I don't want to hurt this God. I don't want to offend him. I don't want to move. What brings holiness is love. 
And so John 10, 4 and 5, Jesus says, I come to you as a shepherd and the sheep know my voice. They recognize my voice. And those sheep want to follow me. In your heart right now, if God's kind of moving and his spirit is kind of moving you, there's something in you going, I want to follow him. I want to know him. And Jesus turns to these sheep that were Israel, the people, and he says, guess what, guys? There are sheep. You may not realize this. He says, I have other sheep that are not even of this sheep pen. And his whole point was, guess what? I've come to you, Israel, but beyond that, I'm going to come for everybody sitting in these pews, all the people around the world. I am offering to them this friendship and partnership where they begin to talk with me honestly and openly and humbly. And then as they do that, I talk back and I speak to their hearts and I draw them to myself and I bring them into my purposes and my understanding. And I am all about helping you grow up to become like Jesus, to have the character of my son so that you can know life and know it abundantly. And what I want you to understand is the biblical record, if you look at it all throughout, and that's why I did this quick kind of, I have way more than I can share with you here, but this kind of quick run through, because the record always throughout presents a relationship with God between the believer that is more like a friendship or a family tie that that are in business together, they're partnering together as a family. I mean, not the bad family business. We're talking about the good kind of family business where there's just fun and there's friendship and and together you do extraordinary things and you get to participate. And I challenge you to think about this. When you look at the people that are in Scripture and throughout history that have heard from God, these are not the exceptions, folks. They are meant to be examples of the kind of life God intended. When you see churches that begin to really move into the things of God and God brings blessing, it's because the church, as a group of people, starts saying, like what we did, and I just thank God in this fast, we want to hear from you, God. We start saying, God, if you want an addition, that's great, but we don't want to do anything you want to do. If you don't want us to do it, we won't do it. I can share very clearly with you. I know this in my heart. I know that I know that I know this. That if we as a people band together and say, God, we want to be your friend and we want to partner with you and we want to come to you in in, in ways where you begin to speak and you begin to direct us. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I can tell you it'll be fun and God will be incredibly glorified. That's why when we talk about this meeting with Dr. Desta, we don't know what that's going to become. We've just said, let's start journeying and walking together and see where God leads us. And so when you think about this, I just want you to know this. Now, here's a couple of truths that I want to share with you that I think are very important when it comes to hearing God. And the first is this. You need to believe that God can speak to you. You need to believe it. You need to have a little bit of understanding how that happens, right? I think a lot of us are, are at least for many years, I lived in ignorance of, of what that would look like. You need to believe that God can speak to you. I, I, I asked someone to share with me, because last Wednesday night in the prayer time, if you want to grow in understanding this, this Wednesday night, a couple, couple more Wednesday nights, so you have this prayer class, it'd be a great opportunity to be with other people who are trying to hear God's voice. And one person shared the story of a friend. They said, I can't say, this is what their friend had said, I can't say that God has ever spoken to me, because you might relate to this. In fact, the most common term we use for God is Father, and I'm sure that I'm his child, but for me, the experience of God as father would be like a father who is always sitting in his office with the door closed. I knock, but there's no answer, and the door never opens. I mean, I benefit from him, but I never see his face. 
I, I, that may exp- explain your experience. So the first thing you have to come to is an understanding that your father is not a guy who's sitting in the closet, sitting up in heaven somewhere. Your father really does want to speak to you. You need to understand that. A lot of people get hung up on this. And I had a friend explain it to me this way, and it, I, it made really good sense for me, so I hope it helps for you. He said, when you think about communication and what it is, you have to think about communication is, is you're in a conversation and the conversation guides one another's thoughts, right? So if I'm in a conversation with, let's, I'll just use you, Jim. Jim, we're talking and you go, boy, Jim says to me, boy, I really love the way Joel, you know, like his hair and his style of clothes and his boots. I want to look like that. And I'm going, really? You know, <laughs> no, I, cause I've actually thought of cutting my hair like Joel. So, you know, don't, you know, don't be offended for Joel here. Okay. But what has happened? Here's what's happened. As we would have that conversation, it guides me into some thinking in some things that I might not have thought about, right? Now, what happens in human conversation is we're finite. So we have to use finite means of communicating. I have to use a word. I have to use sometimes a written word. Or I will have facial expressions. We have finite means of communicating. But God is infinite. And that means he can guide our thoughts in our mind and directly, without any finite tools, speak to us. And what that means is that any moment God could send a message to you, whether through another person and their voice, or in in a moment as you're walking and you see beauty, and in that beauty the, the Spirit of God speaks to you, or he can actually directly impress on you a thought And that thought could be, boy, what a beautiful day. I just want to just lean and trust on you, God. He could give you that thought. Right? Now, so what I think is so interesting is if you don't believe that the Spirit of God is in your heart and can speak to you in that way, you will miss out something incredibly important. Now, you got to, there's a discernment piece around this, and we'll talk in a moment, hopefully, about that. Um, But I want you to know that that when when you read in like John, at one point it says that the the father spoke to the son and it says in John that the people there, many of them heard thunder. But some heard an angel, the voice of the Lord speaking. When when, when Jesus was baptized, it says that he came down in the form of a dove. What I happened there is I believe a dove came down physically. A lot of people saw a dove, but some, because of the spirit, because they were in tune, they saw the spirit of God landing upon him. If it is true that God can communicate in this way, then it means that we can actually grow and we can gain the skill of learning how to hear God through discernment. And if you don't, you'll miss things. You'll have God speaking to you at times and not even be aware of it. Because we don't highlight the work of the Spirit so often in our hearts. We move so much into our head. It's important we understand that. On the other hand, I just want to say to you, you do need to be concerned because people can do some crazy things. You might be wondering, but there's a lot of crazy out there. And you're exactly right. There are people who, I, who are really crazy. You need to be cautious because people will misuse what they hear to get what they want. It's just what they want. It's not God. You have to be very careful because some people who are in authority figures will abuse what they think and they'll say God has said because they want you to do what they want them to do. That's spiritual abuse. There are some people who will use the voice of God as an excuse for growing up. They, they don't want to make any choices in life. They want God to do everything. Isn't that a, you would never do that as a parent, would you? Can you imagine raising your child and telling them to do everything until they're 20-some years of age and say, now go on your own? 
You see, you converse and you talk with your child because your whole purpose is to help form in them some character and some development of maturity so that as you speak to them, you guide them because all about of what happens in their life is to help bring them to a point so that when you guys get to be about 18 or so, you can make choices out of maturity and you'll make mistakes, but God loves you, but you'll learn and your parents' voice has been in there hopefully to help guide you in it. God does the same with us. And because people misuse, abuse, or make excuses for their own immaturity does not mean that God does not speak and use still his voice to speak to you. So, in saying that, here's a second thing that's really important. Not only do you believe God can speak to you and you understand a little bit about it, but here's the second thing. You need to know God speaks through his word. It is in his word, folks where you begin to understand his character, his plans, his purpose, his will. As you begin to read his word, you see how he interacts and relates to people. You begin to see all the way that God works. In fact, any person that I know who is truly walking with God, any saint in the past, any person in the Old Testament, if you were to look in their life, they would be rich and deep in the word of God. And that's why we talk so much about we are a church of the spirit and the word. If you don't have them both, on one, you're going to be on fire and crazy. On the other side, you're going to be dead as can be. You need them both. And so the word of God is incredibly important. The word of God is, is it's there that we begin to, to understand the truth of who he is and how he relates to us. And as you do that, then the second, third thing I encourage you to do is you need to, to grow in the practice to listening to God's voice. It is a skill. It is something you can learn. You recognize the voice of God. And anybody remember when you had telephones that didn't have the ID? You know, you, you, now we all have telephones and you see who's calling. Remember when someone would call and they go, hey, and they start talking to you and you're going, who in the world is this? But I got to tell you, um, if my wife was to call me, I wouldn't need an ID. Because over time and experience, I've begun to hear the tone and tenor of her voice. And see, if you begin to spend time with your spirit hearing God and you begin to stay in his word, you begin to understand just because the word helps us go, it, it helps us go, well, that's not something God would say. You know, if you get some message like you're the most important person in the world and you're spending any time in God's word, you're going to go, you're crazy, right? Because, you know, what happens so often is we begin to, you know, with people that we know, we kind of go, you ever had that experience where someone comes up to you and they say, hey, um, do you know so-and-so said this to someone else, this is what I heard, and then you go, that's not... That's not what I, I never could hear that person saying that. See, that's when you begin to realize God can communicate to you and you begin to understand that and, and you know and you study and you're grounded in God's word and then you begin to practice. Folks, you can practice the skill of listening to God and here's how you do it. You need time where you are still and silent before God. You, that there's no other way. Very early in the morning when... It, while it was still dark, it says Jesus got up and went off to a solitary place where he what? He prayed. If the Son of God did that, then how do we think we can get away? I had a, there's an author who writes this. He says, you can celebrate God in a crowd, but, if you, but you can only get to know God one-on-one. It's harder to hear his voice in a multitude or when surrounded by distractions. You need time alone with him, time in solitude where you can really hear his heart. That's part of the practice and experience and skill. And then I'm just going to close by just sharing with you, you can understand that God speaks to you uniquely. He speaks to people differently. I've never had a vision. God doesn't speak to me in dreams, but he did speak to Paul, the Apostle Paul in visions. 
Do you know across the world today, if Dr. Desta would share with you and others, that in Muslim countries and in China, God's coming to many of them through dreams. But all those things always line up with his word. He speaks to you directly in your heart. He can speak through another person. I, one of the most powerful moments I had in God speaking to me was I was on a boat in the Mediterranean, and it was just, we were out there, and there was just a sea. You couldn't see land on either side. And it wasn't in the Navy, so it was no heroic thing. I was actually on a cruise. And I was reading a book by Madeline Langle called An Acceptable Time. And in that book, there comes a point where one of the characters had done wrong and had felt so bad and, and came to the person and said, God could never forgive me. And this person's response was this. The person said, um, and he, he spoke softly and compellingly, and he said, William Langland, writing in about 1400 A.D., said this. He said, And all the wickedness in the world that man might work or think is no more to the mercy of God than a live coal in the sea. All the wickedness in the world that man might work or think is no more to the mercy of God than a live coal dropping the sea. And I'm sitting there and I'm reading this. And I had been wrestling with sin. And it was as if God came to me at that very moment as I read those words. And he said, Kevin, if all the sin and wickedness of the world is like this live coal that is dropped in this massive sea, your sin is like a little fleck of dust on it. I can handle it. And I think to myself, those are kind of moments you go, if you don't live in a, in a place where God can speak to your heart and you know it, when God does something like that, you go, man, I, I just want to live with you. I want to serve you. I don't know how God speaks to you. But I know he speaks through his word. I know he does through stillness and silence. He may use beauty and nature. He may use um, journaling. I don't know how he does it, but you need to find out how to do it. Let me share with one last story. My, my daughter went to a spiritual mentor. She's trying to understand how to grow in her life. And, and this person was, she asked this person, you know, um, I just want to know God. And, she, and the mentor said to her, where do you find and feel and experience the presence of God where you hear God most? And my daughter said, when I sing. She loves Sarah Groves and singers. She goes, when I sing. And then the person looked at her and goes, sing a lot. Find out where God speaks to you. And then let them speak a lot.